Generations to Hunt podcast, where the goal is to learn together and further the culture of hunting. Thanks for listening. All right, take 10. That's about how this <laughs> podcast has started so far. What's up, Matt? Oh, not a whole lot. Uh, I just got out of work eating some grapes here. Yeah, fucking eating grapes. <laughs> while doing it. You think this would be a suitable eating grapes while doing a podcast? I didn't get uh, I didn't get to eat after I left work. I just came right from work. Yeah, you know, the 45-minute drive Maybe to my house. Hour and eight minutes, actually. Oh, hour, and you didn't have time. Okay. I, I mean, yeah, that's a... Yeah, I had time. I just chose not to. All right, it, it is what That's it is. Irresponsible of you. I'll work on it. <laughs> we have to talk about your position here. Okay. At the podcast. So, uh, how's everything going? Uh, I think since we last talked, I don't. Th- I don't think either one of us has gone hunting. No, not, yeah, I did. Oh uh, yeah, you you passed another two and a half year old deer. Yeah, that was that one was two and a half. Two and a half year old deer running around like crazy. Yeah, all, all over the place, and year and a half so. But uh, yeah, I mean. I think it's starting to pick up. Uh, kind of had a little wind, windy days for the last like two, three days. I'm not sure. So let's see. I forget what day we did. We got together on Monday. It's Thursday. I did not hunt. I hunted Tuesday morning, but I didn't sit long. Uh, did I seen a bunch of does, a couple small bucks. Did not hunt Tuesday night because wind was horrible. Worked Wednesday, Thursday. So I'll probably go hunting. I am going to go hunting tomorrow morning. Um, And then uh, I will be uh, hunting. I'll hunt tomorrow morning, tomorrow night, Saturday morning. I'm unsure of because the Michigan-Michigan State game is uh, obviously Saturday. And I'm going to be pretty well invested in that. Saturday night, uh, I'm dropping my stuff off at my buddy's Matt, my buddy Matt's house. And Sunday morning, I'm leaving for Kansas. And that's, uh, I mean, the Kansas trip is a whole episode of what we're going to be doing here probably in the next couple weeks, I would say. Yeah. There'll be at least one full episode from Kansas. For sure. And I gave you enough equipment so you can kind of do... You know, you can do multiple day by day. Well, I'm not day by day, but you know what I mean. No, so I think my plan will be, we're I mean, we're gonna be out there for like 14 days. So I I'll get at least two in while we're out there, um, and uh, hopefully we have some stories to share about some deer getting put down. That's really my goal because my Michigan season has not been great. Yeah. Either is mine. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. I don't know if I've been quite this excited uh, in a minute. I mean, obviously, I've talked about... I think I've talked about this Kansas trip on every single podcast. I don't know what I'm going to talk about after this trip. Because I think I've brought it up on every single episode. So, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what my expectations are, but I know I'm excited. And, uh, uh, you know, hopefully... Hopefully, I come back with a story. That's pretty much the plan. Well, you'll have a story no matter what. Yeah. Hopefully, someone comes back with a deer. That'd be... I have faith that at least one person in the group is going to shoot a deer. Your main mission is to go down there, 
get enough intel so when I come down there next year, you can put me on a big buck. I'm going to bet next year we're going to be in a little bit different unit. I think I would probably go... I might stay... I don't know. I might stay in the unit I'm in. Like, So I have 5 and 17. So if you hunt Kansas, I don't know if this ruins your hunt down there, but I guess I don't care. I'm in 5 and 17. I might get rid of 17 and go north, either north or east. Because all it just has, they just have to touch each other. Right. So uh, I just, it just opens more options that way to find places to hunt pretty much. Um, so you don't look at me like that. I don't, I don't know what Joe's got going on. Yeah. We, just we have a lot of stuff trying to cover, uh, going on. Uh, we're, we're trying to set up a, a phone call, which we haven't done. Um, I don't, we won't be doing it on this podcast, but, uh, this, we're, we're, we're just trying to get it set up, I guess. Yeah. So we just like kind of reach out to people and just had a couple of people submit some questions. So we just trying to do like a little thing while Matt's gone, we can have a little thing. And then I'm going to be gone when you get, when you're coming back, I'm leaving almost. But yeah, you'll I mean, be gone that first week of the first week of gun season. Right. And no, the week before too. Well, we'll both be gone. Yeah, so we're kind of just trying to do some filler episodes. So um, we're trying to just give you some content while we're all we're all probably grinding real hard. So yeah, I would say most people now are getting out and uh, they know bucks are up chasing. Yeah, right. bucks are up. I don't know if they're quite searching hard yet, but they're they're up pushing some does around for yeah. sure. So we're gonna answer these questions as our personal opinion, and yet. We haven't shot a deer, so I don't know how <laughs> how much you want to take this to heart. I haven't even pulled back on a deer. <laughs> I pulled my bow out one time, and then I put it right back down. Cause I was like, <laughs> that was on a doe. It was on a doe. I was just like, I was just looking at this doe. I said, dude, if she she was just doing the the skirt, mm-hmm. she would like like go like twenty yards back and then back forth and just stomping her foot going back and forth. I said, I just sent it. I said, one more time, one more time. And she just came back and then started, I picked up my bow and then I put it right back down. I was like, man, I'm not going to do it. Yep. So Joe and I reached out, Joe reached out on Facebook. I reached out to a buddy of mine to uh, just get some questions. Like, like Joe said, these are going to be our, our opinions. So yeah. So if you have worth, but um, if you guys are listening and you ever want us to answer questions, I'll, we'll guarantee probably do something similar to this again. Um, just, just to be a little bit interactive with people that are listening or any questions you have, maybe you'll find out if either a, we know what we're doing or B, we don't know what we're doing. I mean, it, Mm -hmm. I guess it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you guys haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook yet, you can go ahead and go over there and make fun of us or, Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. We'll give you tons of content for that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, check them out if you haven't yet. But uh, here's some questions. So yeah, we have uh, we have a bunch of questions. So Jordan asked us. Jordan Johnson. Yeah. Amazing guy. He has a combination creative. He's a really good. If you want any logo design or anything, He's awesome guy. dude. Yeah. He asked, "Do you shoot does during pre rut?" So you I've, want me to take this one? I mean, I think we both can, right? I mean, I, I don't know what your opinion is. So okay, one, two, three, no. No, it's just a no. Because I guess when I think pre-rut, I think right now, 
you know, bucks. There, there's not breeding going on, but they're getting frisky. They're they're up. They're fighting. They're for sure fighting right now, establishing dominance. There's chasing. I would not shoot a doe right now. Yeah. I pretty much cut mine off at like the second week of October, and the 14th, 15th of October. Let me let me play devil's advocate for just a second and just say maybe you could get away with it because they're so love drunk if you do shoot a doe and you go tromping through there to find her and get it out. I think they'd be less... They feel less intrusion because they're just skirting around so much. I'm not even worried so much about that. So right now is when I'm expecting a doe to come through and, and there'll be a buck behind yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So, that's why I just think shooting a doe would just be hindering you because he's most likely going to be cutting that track soon. Mm-hmm. And then you already don't even know and just you're focused on this doe and then this buck like. 40, 50 yards behind her, and then all of a sudden he sees that commotion, and then he goes, oh, I'm going over there. Yeah, now I will shoot a doe up until about October, I'd say, I don't know, 14th, 15th, 16th, somewhere in there, um, when these deer are still kind of on a feeding pattern, and they're still, um, they're not up and chasing and nearly as much, if at all, that early in the season. So I'll shoot a doe then, but after that, like right now, I'm hard passing on him. I think, Unless, we, I think the only way you'd get me is if she busts me and she starts blowing. Yeah. That, then that that if there's one thing that will 100% always get a doe shot, if she busts me and starts blowing. If she's yeah. quiet and she busts me and she just goes about her business, then life will continue for her. I on my one property, I, I there's like a couple spots I would smoke a doe at. Just because if it was like last light and I know the wet way she was facing and she would run out in the field, I would do that. I yeah. it maybe. But at the end of the day, I don't I, I still don't I, I think it's just like one of the things I'm just like, all right, I'm try again tomorrow. I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily shooting a doe pre rut is going to ruin your property or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just me personally. Now is when I'm expecting the buck to be behind her. Right. So that's that's just why I don't. Wow, well, we agreed on one thing. Don't worry, it's only going to go downhill, buddy. For sure. Um, Especially because there's only one grape left. I kind of want it. I think there's more. Oh, there is only one grape left. <laughs> that's super disappointing. I have chips, but I'm not eating those. That's in a two-pound <laughs> block of cheese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I brought some... <laughs> snacks today yeah i'm gonna <laughs> just eat this block it's like we're at deer camp only i just got out of work this yeah. is what i eat at work there's also a uh i forget what that thing is i had two of them i only ate one today hot pocket it's a hot pocket i haven't fucking had a hot pocket since 09 dude oh, there's one in there you can have that nah, I'm all right. <laughs> so zach shire he asked us do you prefer hunting downwind, tight to doe bedding, or setting up on normal pinches and funnels, or what's a typical game plan? Unfortunately, we're not going to give a good answer here because uh, this is a s- strictly situational yeah. thing. It's gonna it, it it depends on a lot of things. What time of year it is? Is it a morning? Is it an evening? So, I guess let's we'll just narrow it down to now to the end of bow season right 
because I think things change during gun season. I'll be honest. I literally just set up somewhere where I can shoot a hundred yards and I, I'm not too, my strategies aren't nearly as strategic during gun season as they are both season. So we'll just say from today to November 14th, um, morning, I'm going to sit probably on a pinch or funnel going back into a bedding area. You said right now? Yeah. Uh. Because more than likely, bucks are going to be following those does going back to bed. Yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of torn a little bit from this one because this one like I know we're in like I guess the pre pre wet or whatever it's so I actually I don't know if I would want to be sitting down super downwind from a, a doe bedding because that's where the I feel like the bucks are gonna be coming they're gonna go downwind to that doe bedding to see if anybody's in estrus. So I'll be honest, I don't know. Uh, this is my personal opinion. I'm assuming he's meaning that the wind is blowing away from the bedding. Because I'm not going to set up on a bedding area and, then you- and the wind blowing into it. That would, see, I mean, except for in the morning. I mean, in the morning, it's not going to matter because they're going to be coming back to it. Right. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying evening. I, I, I'll be honest. In the evening, I'm I'm sitting tight. Yeah, I think. When, I, yeah, and wind blowing away from it. Wind blowing away from it? Wind blowing. At night, if I can get in there quietly, I'm sitting tight to a bedding area with the wind blowing out of the bedding area. Yeah. That one, that's a hard scenario for me because, like, I don't want to be... I would want to be on, like, the weak side of the wind on that bedding side. You know what I mean? Like, playing with fire wind. Like, if it swirls, I'm over because, like I said, he's at a come down wind, and if he does, he's gonna start coming up wind. But he's gonna be checking that the whole time. And if you are down wind, how far is he gonna go down wind from this bedding zone? And then let's say you're 50 yards away from the doe bedding zone, and this buck goes 100 yards down wind. Guess what? It's doe bedding, and then it's you smelling in between this doe bedding and now he just busted you because you're downwind of the doe bed and he went farther yeah no i mean it's I all scenario know. so yeah, i can't i can't tell i don't know what train say, he's talking about it's gonna be hard but, to give you a good answer there but if you like i said go away from that you playing with fire where it's working for the doe bed and and it's working for you too that's what i would try to so do. i mean i guess i'm kind of doing something similar to that in the morning. So the property I'm going on to, I wouldn't necessarily classify this as specifically doe bedding. Um, but it's nothing but bedding. And when I check trail cameras, all my activity in the morning, all my activity literally on the property is in the morning. The wind is actually blowing straight out into a field. But that field's like 400 yards away. So, realistically, I wouldn't sit there, right? The wind's going to be blowing to that field. But based on my camera um, intel, the deer are actually going to be coming from the upwind side. So, they're not going to be 
they're, they're going to be coming from behind me and going into this bedding area as opposed to coming off that field to come into it based on the stand. And that's where I'm going to sit in the morning. And hopefully there's really only one buck on camera that I would shoot. But I have daylight pictures of him, and I'm hoping he comes through in the morning. All right. So, so that, hopefully that helped you. I mean, if probably not. not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I <laughs> probably not because we're like trying to do the most biased answer off like it's just hard. That's such a scenario. There's no really, golden just, ticket. Yeah, there's no it, golden ticket so, for that. I mean, there's how are you going to get in there? How are you going to get out of there? <laughs> how are Joe's dogs going <laughs> to drop a bone? <laughs> so, I mean, but you know, how are you going to get in there? How are you going to get out of there? Um, yeah, that's a huge thing. I is mean, it morning? Is it evening? Uh, I mean, that's like one of them scenarios, like almost like play the most perfect day you think like coming up, like the most perfect day where almost does are on lockdown and you just go in tight, just, and yeah, if you blow it up, you blow it up, you know? Yeah. And I mean, so realistically that's an all day sit, right? You get in there tight and you sit all day. Yeah. And just uh, hope that he comes by. Yeah. I mean, but if if it was if it was different, I guess I would say your betting is going to be your best bet, no matter morning or night. They're either going to be coming out of it or going into it. The best bet is just to make sure that you're not going to be blowing the wind where these deer are going to be coming from. I mean that it's generic. Uh, cliche, but I mean, that's probably the best answer I could give. So these next ones are, I have 15 questions from one person. So we had three people respond because again, we're not very great at planning. Yeah. But, uh, asking like a half an hour before. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get better. Um, but, uh, I asked my one buddy who I'm going to Kansas with and, uh, so have you ever asked a doctor for questions? Apparently, he will come up with questions. So my buddy here is uh, his name is Doctor Michael Hemby, and I asked him, "Hey, what are some questions uh, about hunting you could throw out?" So the rest of these are pretty are all his, and they're I don't know they're pretty good. We're, Joe and I are going to disagree on some of these. One hundred percent. So question one was how to go about asking landowners for permission to hunt or track. So what one do you want to start with? To hunt or to track? The how do I how do I ask them? The hunting one's hard. Hunting one is hard. Because I've been I don't do it, to be honest. I'm just too scared. I don't know that I would say I wouldn't do it. So I mean that's how the guy I, I do lease property from I used to work with uh, the best advice I would have is because I'm I, well, I'm about to find out. I think I don't know. I might go searching for some more property this uh, this spring slash winter. So step one, I wouldn't be asking September, October, okay. November. Your your chances. I'll be honest. At that point, your chances are going to be extremely thin. Uh, people. I mean, just it's just just too close to deer season. Your best chance, I would say, winter, spring, and the reason I say that is, you can offer something 
in exchange for hunting land. You can offer work, um, you know, help around the farm projects. So I know some people are, are pretty handy, like they can build things, they can do things. You can offer up that. Um, the, I think the worst thing you can do is go to someone, ask if you can hunt their property and not have an idea of something to offer. I mean, ultimately you're bartering with this landowner. You want to hunt his land. He, in my opinion, needs to get something back, whether it's money, help, um, you know, gifts, something like that. It, it just, um, unfortunately, hunting land isn't free, even if you may not be giving money away. Like, you've got to give up something, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, if that's what I've done in the past for, like, my family, friends, or whatever, like, if they said I could hunt there, I'm like, if I do get a deer or whatever, or even if I don't get a deer, if I get a deer on a different property or all that, I'll bring them, like, little uh summer sauce or like yeah summer sausage like and just say hey thank you for letting me do it and then then hopefully we can form a relationship or whatever and like doing a little task and all that yeah the other thing is going to be uh you're going to have to stay pretty positive because you're going to get turned down a lot like it's not you're not just going to walk up to a house a guy has 50 acres and he's going to say yes like i would say if you knocked on 100 doors 90 of them are going to tell you no. And that might even be, I mean, it, it could be even more than that. Yeah. So it's not, it's not easy to come by. Um, you're going to want to dress nice. You, I mean, you're going to want to make a first, good first impression. So don't, I mean, I'm, don't go out there in just some like raggedy, you know, work clothes. Um, and then be respectful, introduce yourself and then just get to talking. I would say, I wouldn't recommend, Hey, my name's Matt. Is it cool if I hunt your property? Like, ultimately, you're a stranger to these people. They're probably not going to be too keen on, like, hey, yeah, sure, come on out here, you know. Um, and just kind of strike up conversation. Farmers are going to be your best bet. Farmers do not like deer. So I would say most of the farmers I ever talked to says shoot them all. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't recommend stopping a farmer while he's out in the field that i would not recommend that but like i would say find where the local farmers hang out so like uh for example a hay sale you know i i don't know if they still do but like in owasso they have like a hay sale that's a perfect place to stop by a bunch of farmers hey you know my name's so-and-so i see you're you need you're doing some hay you know if you're looking for help uh I could help you out, you know, maybe we could work something out, uh, you know, if you got anything I can, you know, any property I could hunt, something like that, you know, I don't know, I mean, that's just, you're going to have a lot of options in one spot, and hopefully it helps out, and then ultimately, and I know there's going to be a lot of people that don't like this response, money talks, uh, if, you, if, you, if you've got enough money, you can pretty much lease whatever you want, so I read a lot of things of, uh, hunting's becoming nothing more than a money grab, you know. Ultimately, I can't say much. I lease property, but if... If it's an incentive to them, like, if you're taking a small percentage off their taxes, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're probably going to swing for it, you know. 
I know you're not trying to buy anybody out of their property. But like, well, he does it free. I'll buy it. That's not. That's so not I would ethic. never. I would never. So it's hard for me. So if I, I unfortunately, you're going to. I would be shocked if you find someone who nobody hunts their property right. So how I got my property was the guy came to me. Well, we talked to the guy about leasing. You're like leasing the property or whatever. And uh, we actually talked to him about a different property. He came back with an outrageous number. We said no. He came back to us with, well, what about this other property? Um, and we said, well, you know, what's your number? So he threw us a number, which was a lot more reasonable so we said, well, can we check the property out? We checked it out. We, four of us decided, you know, this will work. Um, and he said, all right, like I have guys hunting out here. I'm going to give them a chance to match. In my opinion, I felt like that was fair. If they matched, then go for it. Some people are probably going to hate me for, for telling that story because they probably lost the property that way. But ultimately... It's his property. It's his property. I didn't go like behind their back, like, Hey, I know these guys are only paying 200 bucks. Here's 300 bucks. I think that's shady, but ultimately if I go somewhere and I say, Hey, like I'd be willing to lease this property from you. Like, what's it going to cost? Right. You know, it, it, I don't want to hear what the person who is leasing it pays. You know, I want to hear what you want me to pay. And then we negotiate. And ultimately I would still tell the landowner, you need to you need to allow them to at least match that offer. It, it's only fair to them. And if they don't want to do it, then ultimately that's on them. So I guess I don't feel too terribly bad about it at that point. I agree. So now I would say gearing towards getting permission to track. So if you're hunting private land, the best advice I can make is, or I can give is, get to know your neighbors before deer season. That's going to let you know almost immediately whether you're going to run into issues when you shoot a deer and essentially is it worth putting a stand 50 yards from the property line where the deer might run over there, right? Um, not to mention, you'd be amazed. You make a relationship with a landowner. It can turn into a, a, a lot of other opportunities, but the best opportunity is quick easy access yeah go track your deer you know but you know it, you could make really good friends the property i hunt in corona the one guy he's an older gentleman i uh he actually talked to mike first mike is a landowner and then i'm out there all the time so him and I talk that scared the crap out of me um so him and i talk and now i would say i talk to him on a pretty regular basis like I'm not asking to go hunt this property, but I know if I shoot a deer, one text or one call. He doesn't really text a whole lot. One phone call. Hey, man, uh, shot a deer. Can I go get it? Yep, no problem. I shot my eight-point last year out there. Called or He heard about it. I took it over there Thanksgiving morning to show him and his family. Uh, now The seven-point I shot, he came over because I couldn't load the deer by myself with this board and help me load the deer up in my truck, you know, just, just because, you know, great guy. The other neighbor, 
uh, we actually met him during deer season. We didn't really know where they lived. Mike and I seen him walking around the woods kind of late, like towards the end of the evening hunt. So we set our guns down and walked over to him and just talked to him. We weren't really sure. I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah, you might, might blow up somebody's fucking hunt. They would yeah. piss. So ultimately, I think, so the reason we decided to do that was because it was like the last 20 minutes of light, and he was just kind of walking around, right? So it's not like he he didn't appear to be visibly hunting. So, um, but I wouldn't recommend doing that. I would say in that instance, if you're unsure, like maybe just drive over to their house after the hunt and talk to them that way. But um, the easiest way for me, I think, would to, to go about getting permission to track is simply making conversation before season. Yeah. And I usually, this is what I usually do. Like if I meet my neighbors or whatever, and before I don't even ask them, I say, Hey, if you ever get a deer, oh yeah, just call me, or you you can usually just come on there. But just you know, if it's earlier, hey, here, take my number down, call me just in case if I'm hunting. Yeah, shoot me a text so that way if I'm hunting, I can either know to get down and give you a hand, or you know, just, hey, I'm not even out there. Go ahead. Yeah. So and that's what I and then usually usually the honor system, or you know, I mean, most of the time the response would be. Oh, hey, do the same. You know, you ha- you know, most of the time it's like go ahead and do it. But I was like, well, give me your phone because usually the time they say, just go out there. I'm like, well, just give me your phone number. I'll text you and let you know. Yeah, because you hit the time you don't let them know, and then all of a sudden it's it's a huge ordeal. Yeah, definitely get their number. Yeah. Now I would say if you're hunting public land, I would say this next scenario happens more on public land. If you're hunting public land. You're probably not gonna have a lot of time to go around you know and ask neighbors if 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 they can if you can track so what you're gonna what i would do is shoot a deer it goes on to somebody else's property so you i would highly recommend either getting onyx maps or hunt stand both of which are going to give you property info and they're going to give you addresses. So you're not necessarily going to get maybe phone numbers, but you're going to get an address, which should, I I would imagine correlate to a house to go ask them, Hey, can I get permission? Now? I don't know if you're looking for a phone number. I don't have the best way to go about that. But like, I know when I'm in Kansas, if I shoot a buck and it goes onto somebody else's land, I'm not just going to walk over there. I'm going to, find the person's address, go talk to them, and hopefully get permission. Yeah. Even some states even have a, a blood a blood law or something. I don't know what yeah. it's called. It's where if you have a visible bloodline, you don't even need permission, but I would still get permission. But let's just say you didn't get permission, like you called them up and they're like, in Michigan, you didn't get permission. They're like, no, I don't want you over there. I don't want you blowing up my spot. Or, they, or they're just anti-hunters. I think you're pretty sure you can call the DNR and they can assist. No. Them. So the, all the DNR can do is show up and try to talk to the landowner. Oh. But the landowner doesn't have to let you. I'm going to be honest. I'm getting my deer. Plain and That's simple. fucked up, man. No, I, I mean, it, it's just, for me, I'm not going to let that deer. So I just killed that deer, right? Now, I will say, 
it's a little ignorant to say that and then hunt on that property line that you know that deer is going to run to, right? Right. Like you're just setting yourself up for failure. But say say I'm I'm 200 yards off a property line. I don't make the best shot. Deer goes over there. Landowner says, no, you can't go get it. So me and the landowner are probably going to get into an argument because I'm probably not going to handle that well. But at the same time, like, I killed that deer. I owe it to that deer to not let it go to waste. Correct. I'm probably I'm probably going to go over. I mean, it just... I would guess a lot of people are going to disagree with that that statement. But I'm, I, I feel as though I owe it to that animal to say, I'm going to go do everything I can to recover it. A neighbor telling me no because they dislike hunting or no because just I don't want you over there. <laughs> or uh, the worst is no because they're going to go grab it, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I've never ran into the situation, so it's easy for me to say that now. I don't know the exact strategy of how I would get it, but I'd, I, in my... Keyboard, keyboard warrior voice, I'm going to get the deer if I get told no. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to show you this, or give you this. Uh, this dude, he's from Michigan. He was just on the working class bow hunter, and he had a, he had one of his bucks stolen, dude. And it's a crazy story. So if you ever want to, like, dude. Oh, man. It's crazy. A working class bow hunter, dude. His name is Garrett Goodwin. And his, his deer stolen? His buck was stolen. I would fight someone. Dude, it's... A, it, I couldn't... It happened to the nicest guy, and it sucks, because the guy is so nice. And, like, it's... You definitely go check it out there, and, like, I don't know how this guy... Did he catch the people that stole it? Oh, dude, it's nuts. It's a crazy story. So well, I'll be... You need to send that yeah, so I can listen to it. Yeah, go to Working Class Bow Hunter and it's Garrett Goodwin. And it's uh, Stolen Buck, I think is the title of it. But man, that's a crazy story. Like that scenario, like I don't know how that guy played it so cool. And he's a really good guy. So go check that out. Um, Let's see. What is the next question? I have a bunch of questions here. Um... How do you start virtual e-scouting? What do you look for? So remember question two about situational? We're back to that. So it's going to depend where I'm hunting. So my e-scouting for Kansas wasn't what I would consider difficult um, compared to Ohio or Michigan. So Kansas is wide open. Uh, not many trees, so all I did was look for creek bottoms with woods, right? And these aren't like woods, like thick 100-acre section of woods. This is this might as well be a fence line, 50 to 100-yard wide section of woods um, on a piece of property and that I could hunt. And then, I mean, that that's kind of pretty much it. There wasn't much to it there. I mean... I narrowed down these are the top 10 spots. Like these are the first 10 spots I'm hitting when we get down there. And then these are some more of my, eh, if these don't work out, we'll check this out kind of thing. 
Um, in Michigan, it's I. I mean, Michigan and Ohio are pretty similar, other than the terrain. But it's ultimately when e scouting. I think a numbers game. So what I'm looking for is going to be what I believe to be some sort of betting um, and some sort of food source and then try to identify pinch points um, in Ohio, like saddles or ridges that are going to allow these deer to travel to and from those those two things. That's literally as simple as it has to be. And you're going to find as many of those as you think you can check out. Because I would say, more often than not, when you get there, it's going to look a lot different than what you maybe expected, at least in my experience so far. I agree. Yeah. I mean, like, you almost, like, hit the nail on the head, like, what I would go for. Like, obviously, like you said, it's going to be all situational. Thermals, winds, and all that other shit is going to go into factor and change alternate whatever but like what you just said like saddles ridges pinch points or pinch points are like if i don't know where bedding is i'm going to be looking for pinch points and bedding i mean just look for pinch points and saddle and ridges where travel corridors if i can't find a at yeah. on, on an e-map so yeah and that's what i say so i generally it's i'm looking for things that m- I believe our betting that it's it's not going to be uncommon for you to hit an area and that area be drastically different than what it looked like on the map. Yeah. Um so that's pretty much how I go about east scouting. There's really not it's more I guess numbers. I have a a, a random assortment of spots and then and like I guess the reason I picked them is because of food or bedding and then trying to find areas in between where these deer are going. But it's ultimately multiple, you know, as many spots as I can find. And then like in Michigan, I'll go check it out in the, you know, summer, early fall. And then once like this time of year, you know, I would go in and set up you know, hang and hunt on, on these spots, but it's, there's not, I wouldn't really over, overthink it too much. Uh, the next question, I will say we're having a good day. That's like the fourth thing we've agreed on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, five things we would bring in that would not wait. Sorry. Five things you would never go in the wood. Yeah. I know you can't read my handwriting and upside down. I'm deluxe. So So it was all upright for me. So you want to go or you want me to go? I don't care. I know one of mine is going to, you're going to be like, you're an idiot, but I don't care. I'm going to go first then because I need to save my breath. Um, Bino, Bino harness. I'll consider that one. Yeah, that's I, that's one. I will never, never go out without Bino. I got, I remember one time texting Megan because I forgot my Bino's home and I was already like hunter and she's like, you're still hunting. I'm like, does not matter. yeah it's it's not the not same <laughs> like i couldn't believe i went so long without it um backpack i always have to have a backpack now like because i carry like my camera on like that was like one thing i could debate almost something i will not go in the woods without because I, I just want to capture something i just like that capturing thing yeah recording it 
But yeah, I would say backpack would be a huge one. Um, now I'm trying to think of like things I would not go out in the woods with. I mean, without I would not go into the woods without my bow. Yeah. No guns. No guns here. Something to take an animal with. No, I'm just saying. I I'm personally. Ah, uh, yeah, I got you. I, I would only take a bow. We can fight on that one later. Oh, but uh, ah, <laughs> oh, man. There's lots of things that you can take out. I mean, no, that you can't not take out. You know what I mean? I mean, water. That's like one thing I have to have is a, a drink. I mean, a lot of things. I, I can go without food. I can do that. I can do like a 12-hour sit without food. No There's problem. no chance. 100%. No I can, chance. I can do it all the time. I, I can't do it without water I or could, something I to drink. I'd be really even in the morning. I could do the morning sit without food, but I, I have to have. I have to have some sort of I just recently, dude, I did so good. I like went 10 years without drinking pop, and I just started drinking pop again. Nice. Yeah, yeah. classic. And now it's like in the middle of the woods. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. So uh, what else would I not go out in the woods? I mean, the knife. I mean, that's kind of a standard thing. Yeah, so I would say... Number one for me is going to be binos, uh, rope. So I have to have rope because there's multiple things uh, I could use that for. So A, whether it's hanging hunt or preset, for whatever reason, I never put anything to pull my bow up with. Or I've had a lot of instances where I've hunted somewhere new, like somebody else's property, and they don't have them. So I have to have a rope with me. Something to pull my bow up because without that... It's just sketchy to, I guess, climb without them. Yeah. Uh, would it be, would, do you carry paracord or is it actual like rope? It's actually, so I just have, currently, I just have a small amount of paracord. The, the paracord's literally only for tag and deer. Oh. Because I don't like sticking the tag right on the antlers. It irritates me. I always carry 550 paracord with me. And then I have the, just like the basic rope, bow rope that you just pull your thing up specifically for that. I turned my bow hanger or bow rope in, I made it out of paracord because I was like, if I'm ever in a pinch and I need 550 cord, I know I can, I can do anything with 550 cord. You can make a, a deer pull rope of 550 yeah. so um backpack no doubt mm-hmm. i have to have something to put all my stuff in um a knife again another thing i think that's one's kind of a given yeah but i mean you know how many times i've forgotten a knife to make me it's happened so many times that i've now just subconsciously Either it's in my backpack or in my tote. So it is somewhere where I can get to it. Not to mention in the event something happens, like if you're hunting public land, you get lost, you're going to want a knife. Yeah. Compass? No, I can't. I'm an idiot. I don't know how to read one. So, no. There's four fucking directions. Yeah, I'm not very smart. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I got nothing for you there, buddy. Um, Let's... (laughs) So I'm also in agreement <laughs> with the. Uh, oh, stop laughing. Okay. I'm also in agreement with the the binos. Yeah, the binos um, are just huge. The last one, and you're gonna love this, it is toilet paper. 
I don't I can't even tell you the last time I took toilet. I don't think I've ever took toilet paper with me. You're in for a treat if we hunt together. I'm not sure what the issue is, but the moment I get settled into my tree stand, especially in the morning, I got to shit. Are you carrying an e-tool with you? No, it's an e-tool. Oh. oh. Have you ever pooped in a national forest? No. Am I supposed to pick it up? You're supposed to bury it. Oh, I would not do that. I'll do. I'll send it twenty foot up in a tree. I'm not getting down to bury that. Yeah, you got it. It's the law. Oh well, I'm going to jail. Shout out to all my boys out in Wyoming that know what an e tool is. <laughs> they all laughed at me when I rolled up because there was no bathroom in Wyoming. I pull out this e tool and they're all laughing. What the hell is that thing? I was like, e tool. You got to use it to bury your crap. And they go, what? And then at the end, dude, I had it right outside of my canvas tent. Everybody's like, everybody was just asking me at first, like, "Hey, can I borrow that?" And at the end of time, it was just, it was just ritual. Everybody was just, just grabbing it, and you knew what they were doing. And yeah. I mean, you know, I did. It's just, I don't know how many times I went in the woods and I had to go to the bathroom, and I didn't have toilet paper. And ultimately, I now carry an entire roll of toilet paper. How many gloves have you lost? I don't know. A lot. Socks, gloves. Shitty leaves. Oh, oh leaves are the hell worst. No. Especially uh-uh. in the fall, they're all crinkly. It's I've had no. I'm like I've learned the no. hard way. I'm I just, just taking toilet. I'm just go with mud, but I would not <laughs> wipe myself on a leaf. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty much it. There. Um, this next one is a pet peeve of mine. I don't know. I I'm not sure if Willie can see it. I guess I can just hear you say it. Do you think calling, calling deer it's is an effective call? Yeah. Do you think it's an effective deer management strategy? So what we're referring to is, if you see a buck with what you deem to be inferior genetics, do you believe shooting that deer is going to help get bigger, better bucks on your property? I want to hear your opinion first. Is it? This is a wild deer, in her. dude. I, I could see, I could see it happening if I owned like a thousand acres or something, like something like I could. I'm controlling the situation in this, you know. And I can, I could maybe possibly. Would I? Would I do it? I don't know, because I, I can be like a guy, invite you over and go, okay, you can shoot bucks, but you can only do it on this buck and you this buck. You can only shoot these management bucks, yeah, these don't, call bucks. I mean, and I bet you people would be grateful for that. I mean, I imagine some coaling bucks or whatever are pretty probably nice prizes still or trophies or whatever you want to call them. The prizes sound stupid as hell, but um, I could, would I ever do it? No, I've never looked at a deer and be like, that one just needs to go out, of the, get out of the gene pool. I've never seen it. I've only said like, oh, that's that buck's son or offspring or whatever. I yeah. can just tell. So, no, uh, I, I'll be 100% honest. I 150% do not believe that shooting, calling deer is an effective management strategy. In my opinion, it's a an excuse to shoot a young deer. So in Michigan, 
specifically, I see a lot of people, buck has a goofy rack. Oh, I shot him to get him out of the herd. The deer was a year and a half year old deer. You have no idea what that deer was going to be. Not to mention the amount of variables it takes for a buck to grow antlers, a specific set, whether it's 200 inches or 100 inches, is just, it, you can't, in a wild deer herd, you can't control it. A, the doe controls 50% of, at least 50% of the genetic makeup of that deer. So you'd have to find the doe that bred or that birthed that buck. And then that buck, you know, you know, you'd have to kill that buck, the buck that bred that doe, all kinds of them. Then you have nutrition, which is going to go into antler development. Then you could have possibly an injury, which is going to cause antler de- deformities. There's just no way. There, there's no chance you can call a deer and effectively change the gene pool of a wild deer herd. No chance. Yep, and then I I think that's really good questions and answers, I think, if we can answer, you know, for people. I mean, I I know it's so situational and, you know, and I'm a shitty hunter, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I encourage you guys to, to reach out with us these questions. So it's not something we're going to plan on doing every time, but, it, you know, um, it's fun to answer them. I mean, there's so many there's so many variables when it comes to hunting. There's so many questions and so many strategies. I mean, I mean, and just like, I I mean, if you do have like true questions, like, you know, you got a situation and you know, you can explain it to somebody. I mean, reach out to some of these people, you know, like, you know, we've had Spencer on here and Spencer's a wealth of knowledge. And like, if you asked me public land questions, I couldn't give you three or four scenarios, but you reach out to Spencer, I guarantee he would, give you a mound of information <laughs> uh, from uh and you know this is like situational but you know if you want us to ask spencer on a, a, a next a coming episode or something or yeah i mean so we're trying to get guests lined up in advance so in the event that you know we know spencer's going to come on we can uh let you guys know so if you guys have questions we can we can ask him or the rest of his uh group public land prowlers they all have yeah. a wealth of knowledge or or you want us to try to reach out. I mean, I, I can't probably get Dan Infall on here, but, I mean, if you know somebody that, you know, that's pretty good at hunting or somebody that you don't think, you just want to hear stories from, like, a big buck that was taken, then just let us yeah. know. And we can, you know, worst they're going to say is no. Right. And, they're going to tell us no, and we're going to move on with our life. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you have somebody that wouldn't, uh, that wants to be on here, or if you want to be on here, I mean, we can try to make something work. It's, I'll be honest, we are still working unfortunately no one's paying us to podcast yet but yeah um so you know yeah we got to work around the schedule which makes it hard and you know that's crazy that we started you know we started this for one of our hobbies you know i mean to talk about our hobby but right now is the most craziest time for our hobby this is what we live for this has been the hardest so like when we first the first couple podcasts were easy yeah joe just shoot over on a saturday or yeah, no, I'll come over, you know, after I get out of work, this or that. Well, now it's like, well, I'm going hunting, so I'll see you at 8 or, hey, let's get some guests on. This has been the hardest part. Oh, yeah. Get some guests on. Well, they're going hunting. Yeah, I would, if somebody asked me, if I didn't do a podcast, somebody asked me, hey, 
you want to come do talk about hunting or you I want to actually go do it. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm going to go hunting. So, yeah. so I really think it, it's just like organized, it's like organized chaos right now in our world. And, yeah. and you know, every second, you know, you got a kid on, you got a kid and I got a kid on the way. So like I've been bouncing things between baby stuff and getting the baby room ready and then to get my house ready just for, you know, winter, just basic responsibilities and all that. I'm not trying to make excuses for the podcast. So we did fuck up and not release one uh, episode one week. And I do apologize about that. But uh, I just want to tell you guys we're human. And I will say, though, the next month has the possibility of some pretty wild content. Oh, so oh, 100%. So we, we, we just got done talking to Spencer. They're going to Indiana, which we already knew. Um, I'm going to Kansas. I have three other guys going to Kansas with me, and we're taking the gear with us to try and record during our trip. Two weeks in Kansas, I'm telling you, I'm going to have some stories. Yeah. You are going to deer camp for gun opener, Yeah. and you have rutcation coming up You're right. at the end of bow. Um, Arrow addicts, they're going down. All them boys are going down to Ohio next week. Yep. So, and then I yeah, you know, yeah. My buddy Tyler's going to Arkansas. I mean, then there's other people. I mean, dude, in the next weather in the next week or so, big bucks are gonna fall. Big bucks are going down, dude. Yep. Or whatever size buck you want, you don't want to take. I mean, so yeah, I mean, there's going to be. Uh, the content here, it might be hard to get to based on our schedules, but uh, we're going to get, we're going to do the best we can to get some of these stories. So yeah. I would say we're going to transition probably less to advice and more to stories. Yeah. That, I mean, I don't know. I haven't talked to Joe about this. This is just kind of my opinion of yeah. what the next month is about to bring. And then probably. December, when things kind of start to calm down, we'll probably reach back into a little bit more of uh, the advice and uh, strategies on different things. And then, I don't know, we have some plans for off-season, too, that we've talked about hitting up a couple trade shows. I'm not sure how we'll deal with yeah, that. Yeah, trade shows are, you know, I really never noticed, like, like I never thought, like, some of these trade shows, like, they're really expensive to get in. Like, yeah, I didn't realize that either until you started texting me prices. I was like, "This is insane." I'm like, like I'm all for it. You know what I mean? I, I like I want to grow this brand. I, I'm willing to do it. But like the number I shot for that one in, in Michigan, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was dumbfounded. It's like she, three days too, isn't it? It's, it's only th three days. It's three days, and it was yeah. the price of them to like. I respect anybody that goes to multiple trade shows a year, and like I'm like. And like, for a small, we're we're super tiny, and like I, I was like, yeah, I want to grow the brand, I want to do this, and it, it, I am gonna do it. I, we are, we're I, hopefully you can make it too. It was work, and you know I want to do I want to do at least a trade show, and no, I, I want to do at least one. I mean, I don't yeah. know if this year we're gonna be able to do multiple, but no. I would say for sure I want to do one, and then uh, you know obviously we'll be able to branch out into come turkey season. I mean, there, there's tons of possibilities. There's yeah. so many different seasons. Um, so uh, I would say I things know. are really, I mean, our plan is, 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 is looking good. The people we're getting, the guests we're getting are, are pretty knowledgeable, and um, we're going to continue to work towards yeah. that. 
I don't think we're going to slow down anytime soon. You know what I mean? I think we're just getting fueled harder. I mean, we just got these beautiful new mics. I Hopefully they sound so <laughs> much better. And we got the portable uh, yeah, mixer. Yeah, the portable mixer now for you and all that. And then we can do, like, like shows and all that. And then, like, uh, yeah, I, I just think, you know, I, I hope people don't think we're going to slow down and all that and just, like, die out. We're going to grind through this. but uh, We have plans to record episodes at some point. Yeah, me and you. I'll call you now. I have now we can call people. Right, on, but on, I mean, so no, like I'm like like video record. I oh yeah, record. we want to record it, and then like we're in the talk of like like basically getting a studio. You know, like yeah. you know, nothing crazy, but like you know, what I mean. So like you can probably hear our dogs and all that in yeah, the background. It's, it's, yeah, that's, so I mean, I would say anybody listening to this, uh, you know, if you're just wondering what our plan is, like, yeah. I don't know that we even I. We didn't even talk about it. We didn't even really, I think, expect to discuss it today. Just kind of, this kind of, just kind of. Yeah, just kind of came another. But I would say, yeah, if 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 you you guys are just wondering, like, what are these? Like, what is the plan here? You know, yeah. What's the end goal? I would say that that's the best we can do for now um, with what we got going on. But I, 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 uh, I think our podcasts get better every week. Yeah. Um, We are. We're gonna have some travels. I mean, we have. Joe and I have discussed adventures we want to do a couple years from now. Yeah. Which if that comes together, the podcast is thriving. I'm I'm telling you that that right there, that one little, I mean, adventure. Do you want to tell them what? It, like we're basically planning a moose hunt to or yeah. Alaska moose hunt. Alaskan moose hunt. I mean, and then I got I already got multiple like West punts, and like I literally made sure all my. Wyoming preference points went in today because today was the last day for preference points and Wyoming for elk and deer. So I would put them in there. And I almost put it in for moose. Then I read that it took all of 17 years to get a moose tag in Wyoming. I was like, I didn't even know there was moose in Wyoming. Yeah. It's because <laughs> it takes 17 years to get one. So apparently I'm not doing that. So no, I think we'll and, just... and it was like, it was pretty expensive for like a, just for a point. I was like, I did the math like for preference points over 17 years it was like i think like 3700 dollars. and then how much was the tag oh like multiple grand <laughs> and then you probably have to get an outfitter so i mean yeah it's definitely i was I, just like what the f-? but i guess you gotta pay to play you know sometimes but yeah, I, mean, I mean if you ultimately we work to afford our dreams yeah. you know so like you know my wife will be done with nursing school in may i i would say i'm fairly lucky i have a fairly decent job so ultimately i'm yeah, not you're there's nothing wrong with your job i know but i just fucking hate it i just want to <laughs> say it right now i hope i hope i know somebody that work no listens from work hears us and they go he does hate his job i don't I, i'll say i i don't i don't dislike my job i deal with a little bit of stressful situations but my job overall it's pretty good the people i work with are all pretty good so i that makes my life a little easier too hr is not listening to this podcast so you don't have to hr is really the only i'd say <laughs> negatory yeah but i mean like i'll say this i said this on the first episode we're not gonna get rich off this podcast we're not you know we probably will not make no money off of this but it is a blast and it's so much fun i'm not stopping i don't care if we have zero listeners you're gonna keep hearing us yeah 
unfortunately, you're going to have to keep listening to us. Uh, you know. I guess you don't. You have the choice to not listen to us. Yeah, you could shut it off. It's really not going to affect us either way. I'm going to be happy either way because I get. I love sharing deer yeah. stories, hunting stories. So, like, unfortunately, you guys are going to have to hear about rabbit hunting stories when I take my dog yeah. out. Yeah, I, man, I just want to hear. I want to know what people want to hear too. That's the one thing too. Yeah, because for sure. I have a really, really good buddy that does pheasant hunting, like huge pheasant hunter. Like, I wonder if people would be interested because I've never really listened to a podcast about pheasant hunting. No, I would never. I, I literally have watched some videos. You just my you just go out there with a the dog. Well, I, I'm not saying like the tactics refer. I'm, I just want to know what goes behind. Like, dude, training a dog was like I got Reaper. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to make him a bird dog. Fucking like all that. Don't get me wrong. I love my dog and all that and all that. Like like a month into it, I was like, dude, there's no fucking way I can do this. That's for why I got a rabbit dog. Rabbit dogs are easy. Yeah, but fucking, <laughs> I was just like, there's no fucking way I can. I'm swearing a lot. I need to calm down. Construction mentality going on. Uh, but, uh, but I was just like, there's no way I can do it. It takes so much work. And this, this dude that I know that does the feather, he has like, five dogs <laughs> all pheasant dogs like upland dogs yeah that's like nuts like yeah no i just got a beagle so it's good it, it just instinctively hunts i just got to teach it to come back to me and not chase deer yeah like i'm sure there's probably going to be someone listening to this like that is not how you beagle hunt or train a beagle he's not gun we we, we trained him not to be gun shy that's a big one and other than that, I, I fit, it'll work. I got tons of faith in, yeah. in this. So, I wonder what else like people would want to hear. You know, I, what 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 do you want to hear? What do you want to learn? I'm a big about? whitetail guy. Well, no, I mean, like, what do you want to learn besides whitetail? You know what I mean? I mean, I've we've pretty much discussed. My biggest thing was to the public land aspect, right? Um, it wasn't something I ventured out in too much, so I just wanted to learn more about it. And the first thing we did, we would go and pull, I mean, in my opinion, I don't know what your thought is, the the biggest public land group in, I would say, Michigan. I don't know of another group of people that are as popular as public land prowlers in the state of Michigan. What do you think? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, okay, yeah. So, I mean, it, almost immediately we lucked into them being like, yeah, we'll yeah. come talk. You them know? guys are open arms. Like <laughs> yeah. Spencer will let us call him at 10 o'clock at night and all yeah, that. On a Thursday night. Yeah. yeah, I know. And he's got to work. But, uh, yeah, I mean, but, like, besides, like, your per, what's your what's your goals for the podcast? Let's, I'm going to just put you on spot. What's your goal for the podcast? What do you – What do you? I really – so outside you, of learning, it's not so much that I want to – learn a bunch i love just talking hunting in general so i, I want to hear wild story like just incredible deer stories like what we just when we called spencer listening to some of that you know listening to um kyle from arrow addicts talk about uh you know his daughter's youth hunt I'm, I'm, i want to do that listening to matt talk about chasing a 200 inch deer like some of these things are things i have done or you know with the the youth or stuff like that but like some of these things are, are just a dream you know spencer and his dad shooting deer like to me i don't know how it was for you but like when i watched that video like 
the whole thing for me was it was an emotional roller coaster as a as a as a viewer. Right. You know, to listen to Matt talk about chasing a two hundred inch deer, like that's a like that's that's something you dream about. The opportunity to even have something like that on camera. So that that's really my vision for the goal is to be able to share incredible stories that uh you know I've only dreamt about you know or that you know I've I've either you know maybe have done and we can relate and we can discuss that that that's really my my biggest thing and then ultimately I'd like to help people out you know man when I first started hunting it was so hard because I I just messed up over and over and over again um I didn't have someone to say try this try this you know uh so if anyone listens and 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 something i say helps them to achieve their goal in the hunting community that i'm gonna be i'm gonna be pretty happy you know content with with that so that's legit what are your I, i don't know what your plans are what's my plan for like the podcast or well not your plan but like what are you hoping to get out of it I mean, like you say, like, what you said almost, like, not to steal all your stuff, but, like, like, I don't know, like, I feel like I get so much, like, enjoyment talking about, like, you know what I mean? You get them, like, bar conversations with, you know, oh, look at this deer, like that, and, like, don't get me wrong, I do like that, but, like, I just like when I, like, find a like-minded person and like you can just like go in and actually talk to somebody like that. And it took me a while to find people like that because mm-hmm. like I remember like just talking about oh yeah I'm gonna go hunting. And they go oh yeah I go up for the fifteenth and then that, that's it. I would say I more annoy people with my stories right. because it happens. I'll be honest, it doesn't really matter. New people, old people, I'll guarantee I'm gonna try to bring up hunting. Right. So like at times I gotta kind of cut myself off. Yeah. Like yeah maybe. <laughs> Just, they probably don't want to listen to it as much as I do. <laughs> I just like, like, I, I just like them conversations so much that I was just like, and then like, I was like really big into podcast and all that. And I, I was just like, man, I don't think I could do one, but I would love to just hear stories. Yeah. This happened kind of out of a whim. You just texted me one day and I was mm-hmm. like, uh, I, I was surprised you said yes, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I really texted you. I was like, well, he's like the only person I know that. We'll literally just sit there and talk about Yeah, I was forever. like, well, if not, I was probably going to do it by myself, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> I was just like, no. It's worked out so far. I can't complain. Yeah, I think it's doing decent. So, but uh, I guess I don't know what else you want to talk about, man. I, I think we're good for the today. Uh, I'm gonna we, miss you. Covered, a, yeah. I'm gonna be gone for two weeks. I don't know. And then I'm gonna you. be gone. I'm I gonna know. miss you a lot. I'll send you sweet pictures of. Have we gone a week without seeing each other? Besides, yeah. besides last week. Outside of the fact that we're making it awkward now. Um, <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah, we bromance, bro. Yeah, we went last week. Yeah, we didn't see. We didn't as long as you never touch tips. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My wife won't care. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, it'll be, hopefully I'll have some stories. Though. Yeah. That's really the main goal. I'm I'll, hoping... I'll call you. Uh, well, I mean like we'll do like a, 
like an update? Yeah, so I will say the best part about the fact that so Joe handles all of this stuff. So the mixer, the mics, he sets it all up. I literally just show up and talk. Like that's all I have to do. So he is now handed me a mixer and what I think three mics. Yeah, three headsets. To take to Kansas and gave me a quick rundown. So I imagine there will be some FaceTiming <laughs> involved <laughs> with the setup. Yes. I imagine it's going to be an interesting time watching me try to set this up. Yeah. So you can even no never mind. Yeah, you're gonna go way over. Yeah, I'm gonna go over your head right now, but so I like nice equipment, man. It's it's a nice setup. Yeah. It's a heck of a setup. So I really can't wish you more luck to go to Kansas. I hope you guys kill it or you at least learn a lot or whatever. Well, we're going to learn something. I guarantee you that. I mean, hey, man, I drove 2,000 miles or whatever to Wyoming and never even had a bear 100 yards from me, and I had the most funnest trip I ever well, I'll tell had. you right now, if in the next, from November 1st to November 14th, you end up with a phone call in the random like middle of the day, I guarantee I, I shot a deer. I guarantee you that's what that that's I'm about forward to be. that just, <laughs> just straight to voicemail. Yeah. But I really don't want to hear about it if you do. You know what I mean? Well, you're gonna hear the I I wanna hear it on the podcast. Okay? So you get to I love telling the you, same you just tell me he, he, I killed a deer. I'll be like, cool, bye. <laughs> like I, I want to hear it on the podcast. Uh, well, we'll see what we can do. So. Yeah. Well. All right. I think that's a good point to just cut yeah. it off, and I'm gonna eat this block of cheese. Yeah. I'm gonna steal a smoker, a tree stand, some podcast. Oh yeah. We just, I got, got like a my... half an hour worth of work to load my truck up with stuff. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I'll see you in a three about well, three weeks. Yeah. So. See you. See ya.